Informative. Educational. Insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, everyone. We are here broadcasting live from Hollywood from the Infinity Festival. If you are here in LA, you know, come to Hollywood, come to the Infinity Festival. We have an amazing show. We are putting storytelling experts together with technologists, you know, basically bringing Silicon Valley, you know, and LA together. Um, I have here with me uh, the founder of Volumetric Camera Systems, Tobias Chen which he has an amazing camera technology that actually can capture from all the different angles and that is very useful for um, you know, VR and AR experiences. We're going to detail a little bit more, but uh, first, uh, Tobias, um, you know, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, tell me a little bit about like, what's your background, what made you to create this uh, uh, volumetric system? Sure. Well, thank you very much, Tim Leo, for having me on. And uh, yeah, to go into a little bit about my background, about seven years ago, uh, when I was still in university, uh, we are working, uh, we had a project where we had a class and uh, all the professor gave us each like a thousand dollars to buy something and make it better. So in that class, uh, I think I ended up buying a bunch of GoPro cameras and then the, at this time, there were no 360 cameras on the market, but I wanted to make something that would be able to do that. So we took apart these GoPros, and we had a group project where we rebuilt the GoPros into a 360 camera, and we put this as something uh, on the internet, on just random Facebook groups about VR. We posted the stuff that we did. And from those posts, uh, a lot of people started uh, being interested in recreating this kind of thing. So they had us help come to L.A. to help on this film project or come over to San Francisco to help build them this special camera because at the time there weren't this many people building these type of systems. And over the past uh, three years after that, um, I finished school, uh, got together with a couple of my school friends, and we uh, built a company that was able to build these custom camera solutions for a bunch of different companies out there. And... In the past two, three years, I'd say, we kind of saw the demand for 360 going down um, so, as a result. So, yeah, just so the audience can clearly understand. So, initially, you had a lot of GoPros shooting outwards, right? And they were using a process called stitching to be able to create what we call 360 video or spherical video, which means you are basically inside of a dome. You know, like those dome theaters, so you feel like you can, you can look around. But the challenge of that is you cannot actually walk, right? Even if you fake yeah, it, exactly. you would not really have that three-dimensional spatial data to actually make the presence to really be there. So the reason for the demand to go down is that people thought that it was interesting, but it wasn't really exactly. truly delivering what virtual reality stands for, right? Virtual reality stands for transporting you to another place, right? So the definition of virtual reality is when you use glasses or any kind of equipment that puts into your head and then when you move left and right, it gives you that sense and that's the first step which is called uh, three degrees of freedom, right? So you can look left and right, up and down, but true virtual reality means you can stand up, you can walk around, right? And that's one of the challenges and that's why the 360 video started like going down and then came the need for uh, six degrees of freedom cameras and that's now what you're gonna uh, jump around. So how was yeah. the transition from using, because uh, they're kind of like different technologies but they also do a lot of cameras so that's what's yeah. kind of the, the, the inspiration. There's a lot of overlapping things and the way you can think about it is a 360 camera, like you mentioned, is a bunch of cameras in a circle facing outwards from inside capturing outwards yes, yes, and yes. volume 
volumetric video, on the other hand, is kind of taking that uh, design and turning it inside out, where instead of from the cameras inward capturing outwards, you have like a sphere exactly. of cameras like shooting from all over the place, and yeah. then you you com you, com you you basically compare what two or three cameras are agreeing as a point on space, mm -hmm. and then it creates a lot of points, and then the points can be converted into meshes, and there's a lot of other technology, but the, the basic principle, right, of volumetric camera systems. Exactly. So, so tell me a little bit about yours specifically. Yeah. You know, is that like gigantic like the Intel? Yeah. You know, is that portable? Like, tell us a little bit about yeah. what, what we can do. So basically, when we first started doing this, we looked at the market, and we looked at what were the existing solutions out there. What was everyone doing, and what was missing on the market? And we saw all these companies build these giant capture stages where they had hundreds of cameras rigged up in this giant green screen room that you had to bring your actors to them to do the capturing. And we saw this as a huge limitation. As filmmakers and people that have worked with a lot of filmmakers, you don't always get the opportunity to bring your actors into a studio. Sometimes if you're working with someone super famous like Kanye West, for example, he's not going to spend the time to come to your studio and do a shoot, especially if you're not paying him boatloads of money. So having this kind of system as more of a portable camera where we can think of it more as a single depth sensor unit that can bring a around to location and shoot with practical lighting without needing any special green screens, that flexibility allows you a, lar a lot larger range of options to capture. And in addition to that, um, we found that a lot of the existing volumetric systems were kind of capturing a stylized effect where you would get a representation of a person, but often it was very pixelated or often you wouldn't be able to make out much details in the face. And this lack of face detail kind of draws this this barrier between being able to make emotional connections with what you're seeing. It's these little facial expressions and a little minutia in the face that allow you to really make a strong bond and emotional connection with the content that you're watching and really feel empathy about it. And this is amplified especially more if you're viewing it in a headset. We think that if you're seeing something in a headset, your kind of BS detector is much stronger. And if something is wrong in the picture, you instantly know that this is not supposed to be right. So that's why having really good detail and making it look realistic is uh, one of the things that we strive for and we try to maintain a higher quality than everyone else. Yeah, yeah. as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, I'm, I'm an a specialist on immersive um, you know, production technology and I have been working in a lot of projects. Uh, the first one was close to uh, three years ago, three and a half, I think now, which was Buzz Aldrin Cycling Pathways to Mars. It was the first time that we start using this technology that can like you know immortalize but it was challenging because you know there were only two studios at the time there was one in LA one in New York and we need to figure out when Buzz Aldrin could be in town so uh, tell us a little bit about the, the, the portability of your system mm -hmm. also one thing in a, in, a, in, a, in a recent movie that I worked on uh, called Seven Miracles we actually had to fly all the crew that needed to be captured volumetrically from Matera in the south of Italy mm -hmm. to Grenoble in France to the Fortview system to be able to capture, wow. right? And actually, That's a lot of plane tickets. Yes, <laughs> and not just that. Also, we we ended up. Um, not be able to use the actual light of the day. So that's mm -hmm. why I want to touch on the point of your camera portability. Yeah. We actually did, after we were shooting the regular 360 movie, uh, you know, there's also a challenge of distribution, which I hope, you know, the, 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 the 5Gs of the world will solve the challenge of the amount of data that we need to go to be able to push, you know, like volumetric video too. Mm -hmm. So we decided to make most of the movie as a 360 video. And in the moments that Jesus is actually performing one of the seven miracles, in every miracle we have a volumetric scene. Mm -hmm. And then you can actually feel that you're present and you can walk around and have all of that immersion. Mm -hmm. 
we actually did a fake version of it, which was photogrammetry mm -hmm. and flat video. Mm -hmm. It just, just doesn't deliver, right? But I would like to know what's the, uh, the, the battery life, you know, mm -hmm. like what's the actual amount of cameras that we could take sure. in order to capture? Because um, I would much rather go like I went with, you know, a laser scanner and, you know, the photogrammetry equipment and everything that I needed, you know, to actually be able to shoot. Do you think it would be practical to go to like a distance location and mm -hmm. go to like a, uh, a city that's like five hours far from Matera, sorry, from, from Rome? So you kind of like need to go pack it up with everything, mm -hmm. you know, like how much battery can we take? What kind of power consumption we take? Because I've, yep. I've seen like uh, volumetric studios being built and when everything is turned on, if you don't have enough power, of that's course, right. you know, things are going to go down. So that's right. Yeah, so we have a number of different systems, and what we do is we typically try to learn what the client wants to shoot, how they want to shoot it, what kind of lighting they want to use, how many people they want to shoot, and then we custom design the system specific for that shoot. So that's why at the moment we're not really a camera company that sells the cameras because we find that every single shoot is different. Uh, if you try to shoot a regular movie with the it's same lens... It's more like lens, a service provider. Exactly. If you try to shoot a regular movie with the same lens for every single shot, it's not going to look very good. It's going to... And every movie's going to end up looking the same. So that's why, depending on what you want to shoot, we custom make it that situation so for example if you had a remote shoot where did you guys shoot the seven miracles in italy we we shot in uh the movie was shot in uh, uh in the cinecittà in mm -hmm. rome mm -hmm. which is a studio mm -hmm. but we had a lot of locations and the city that most resembled jerusalem mm -hmm. it's uh called matera five hours south of rome Okay, and it's more of a remote location, so it's not very remote. Yeah, we had to go with trucks and everything yep. that we needed. Actually, the locations where we wanted to, you know, get like Jesus walking through, yeah, they were completely far away from everything. <laughs> so everything needed to be on the truck, including like the amount of time we want to shoot. If you're missing you know, a cable, then it's like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so much to have, you know, like an amazing uh, executive producer, uh, Enzo Sisti. You know, he has been more than a uh, hundred movies and he had wow. all the, the, all the, the knowledge. So I could just request what, you know, like we, we, we need from the, the visual effects and uh, post-production. So side, if you're going so. to a remote location like this, uh, we have two kind of systems that might work for that. One is a dome type of system where it's like, uh, imagine a geodesic dome where you can mount cameras on into any arbitrary position and then the entire dome collapses down. It fits into one carry-on bag that you can take on a plane. It's very, not super lightweight, but it's light enough that one person could easily carry it on. You take this dome to a location and then uh, you bolt it together, nuts and bolts, bolting it together, mm -hmm. and then you mount the cameras on it. It's about a day to set it up, and then once it's set up, you don't need to worry much about lighting because it's even possible to shoot this outdoors in natural light and daylight. Obviously, if the sun is too hard, yeah, you're casting shadows, shadows on things, that that's an issue, but typically on overcast days, it w ends up working a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And we have a second system um, for even more portable. If you're going out into the jungle and you don't necessarily have room to set up a, a geodesic dome, we have a second system that's more like a, a, a box, a box about 12 inches by 12 inches by 6 inches, and then we have uh, seven depth sensors inside, and then uh, six uncompressed raw RGB cameras mounted outside, about, yeah, about 12 inches by 12 inches, and this box has a sync in and a sync out port. So what that means is that each box can be uh, synchronized to other boxes, and you can just put these boxes all around your subject and do this capture uh, in situ with practical lighting. In terms of battery life, each box has a built-in battery inside it, and it's about two hours of battery life and about one terabyte of recording space. So about 20 minutes to an hour, depending on the frame rate that you capture and the kind of bit rate that you capture. Okay. Once all the capture is done, typically 
uh, the workflow is that we take all the data and then we offload it to Amazon AWS on the cloud and we do our processing on there in order to send these files and have a preview of it to see uh, on location. So you don't need to like go home, do the processing, and then finish looking at the data two weeks after the shoot. That doesn't make a lot of sense, especially if you only have one opportunity to shoot it once. Having this kind of preview and being able to see it within hours, hopefully, uh, of doing the shoot yep. is very flexible. So I, I have worked with um, 8i, Fortiviews, MetaStage, um, Digital Nation. Of course, we have tested a lot of uh, uh, the files uh, with you. Um, um, one question that I have is like each one of those volumetric states, right? They have, they're all, all of so far that I worked there, none of those were portable. They're all uh, spherical. Sure. Right? Can you actually line up the cameras like in a path? I would tell you why, specifically on the production side, mm -hmm. we had a scene uh, of Jesus walking on water. And our Jesus could only walk like about like seven feet because the total capture was 10 feet. Yes. So can your system like scale to have more cameras and just be able to say, okay, I want to walk from, I want to walk 15 feet or 20 feet. It's just like add more cameras. And, Absolutely. And so that's the advantage of having a system that's modular and scalable. That means that you can either use one box by itself or use a hundred boxes together in unison. And that scalability allows you to build any kind of capture volume that you want. Now, of course, the larger you go, the more expensive it's going to get, but it's certainly possible to scale the system up and you can learn more about it on our website, volumetriccameraSystems.com. Awesome, awesome. Well, Tobias, thank you so much. I wish I could talk more live, but I'll definitely get this guy offline because there's a lot of cool things in this technology and uh, that's why I think everybody should come to the Infinity Festival. You know, it's just a lot of you know, thinkers and you know, if you are here in, in, in LA or in Hollywood, come to the Infinity Festival. Thank you so much. Look forward to meeting you.